This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, James D. Anderson, at IMJD Anderson, back with another episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. I'm super excited, guys, because we're going to talk about all things credit today. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hey, welcome back. I'm man, I'm telling you, it's super excited because one concept, one topic, one money topic that I know I'm guilty of. I don't talk about very often. I always talk about, hey, get out of debt, you know, focus on cash. Cash is king. Always spend money. But listen, guys, let's just be honest. We're in 2018 now, right? So everything is revolving around credit. I completely understand that. I recognize that. So I want to make sure that we can jump into that and really focus down and drill down. In, in that particular subject. Now, I brought in a special guest with us to kind of talk about it today. But first, before I bring him on to the mic and let him introduce himself, so I'm going to hit you guys with some facts, okay? So I'm out there searching around. I'm like, okay, where are people actually at on credit? What are they actually doing? How do they have things going on? And I actually, you know, tons of financial articles. And I pulled one from Bankrate that was super cool, all right? And it says today's economy runs on credit. Even if you want to get a mortgage loan for a house, a student loan to pay for college, or you just want to put some, put some lunch on your credit card, a a company exists to extend you credit. So any and everything that you possibly want to buy out here in America, guys, you can get a credit card for it. But here's the thing. Your credit worthiness is defined by your three-digit credit score. You know the almighty FICO, guys. You know the everybody talks about their credit score, talk about what they have. And it, and it's, and it says here, it's the keys to your financial life. Good credit can be a make-or-break detail that determines whether you get a mortgage, a student loan, auto loan, any of those things like that, or even start a business. But here's what they say about the credit loan. Sorry. Here's what they say about the credit score. <laughs> even if you're in the market for a loan, good credit can have a major impact. Your credit information can be a factor whether or not you can rent a nice apartment. So it's just not if you're going to buy a house. If you have bad credit, you probably can't get into a decent apartment. This says how much you actually pay for your insurance. And I was flabbergasted by this because if you live in the metro Detroit area, you know your auto insurance is expensive. So... Listen, if you got bad credit, you're in Michigan, you're probably paying a lot higher, okay? And it even says whether or not you get a job. See, landlords, insurers, employers, all those guys, they frequently use your credit information as a litmus test to see how you're dealing with your money responsibly. And listen, guys, if you're dealing with a company that, you know, you manage money, you deal with money, maybe you're an engineer, maybe you deal with buyers, maybe you deal with financial transactions, trust me, they probably look at your credit score to see if this guy or girl is actually responsible with their money. Because here's the thing, how are you going to manage millions of dollars for a company if you're planning to climb up that CEO um, chain? However, if you can't handle your household, it's kind of a bad stain on what you got. But bad credit can suggest you're a risky bet. So if you got bad credit, they might not hire you. And while bad credit may only show the details of how you deal with debt, some People and employers kind of extrapolate the results and the characteristics of your financial life. And listen, guys, here's the thing. They will assume that if you have bad credit, it also implies that you're irresponsible with driving a car, taking care of your house, showing up for a job, doing business, or just mainly keeping your word. So guys, credit is a big deal, right? We hear it all the time. We talk about credit. There's a tons of there's tons of things out there online right now that's marketing. Fix your credit, get your credit fixed, get your credit up, do this, do that. And we're just going to cut through, like, just trim through all the noise today, okay? We're going to trim through it. We're going to get down to it. We're going to give you as much value as we possibly can on all things credit in this episode. So I'm super excited to actually jump on this. Now, this young brother I'm actually bringing on, we've done business before. We're part of a mastermind group. He has been successful in all different types of industries, real estate, direct sales, network marketing, credit repair, and all things revolving around money. So I'm super excited to have this gentleman on. And guys, listen, I'm not the expert on credit. Okay, so I said, let me bring you an expert here. Now, he just launched a crazy campaign that we're going to cover later about how to repair your credit, and we're going to dive into that. But first of all, I want to bring on Mr. Will Sims onto the mic, man, and welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, sir, awesome. So tell the people who you are, man. Will Sims, man. Tell the people, tell the readers, you know, tell the listeners, wherever they listen to this at, who are you? 
Man, you're too gracious. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm just a humble man, man, out here trying to help some people make it in this life. Uh, like you stated, we've done a number of things together in the financial industry. Uh, you missed a couple of things, such as catering. Mm-hmm. I am a five-star chef. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do cook from time to time. And uh, if you ever worked at any of the plants or any of the hair salons, you probably tasted my food because I've gone around uh, delivering fruit uh, like that as well. Just trying to generate some cash flow. Um, But most importantly, the biggest thing a few years back, um, man, I just had a realization that I can't keep putting bills on other people. Okay. Uh, So what I'm doing today is helping people restore credit, and I'm just trying. I'm getting paid to do it. I mean, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it, and I'm just here to tell you the truth about it. Uh, I dabbled in real estate, like you said, for a little while. I got some projects in the in works, mm-hmm. and what I'm looking to do is to become the Walmart of the industry or the Meyer of the industry. Okay. You know, when you go to Walmart, you don't say I'm not going to buy tires from there because they sell groceries, mm-hmm. or you don't say I'm not going to buy groceries because they sell uh, home supplies. Right, right. I want you to be able to come to me if I put you in a house. As part of my real estate deal, I want to have you financially educated so you don't get put out of it because of not paying taxes, because you're not able to take care of it, because you overextended and not managing your finances. Right, right. So we're just trying to treat the whole person, man, the mind, body, and spirit. And credit, cash, it all goes together, hand in hand. Okay, all right. Because I, because th- here's the thing, right? You know, a lot of times when I'm sitting down talking with people with finances, they feel as though because I got a hard-nosed approach about debt that I'm like 100% totally against credit. And the thing is, that's just not true. I'm against, you know, the consumer debt. I'm against the the tore up credit. I want you to be able to leverage your credit to buy assets, to position yourself to make some money. And that's how I always approached it. But so many people, what I found is though, so many people are kind of tore up so much on credit or they just don't understand how things work that they actually can't get the the beauty and the, the 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 good parts about credit. So break it down. Break it down for the listeners, man. What's the importance of credit? What are the pros? What are the cons? You know, kind of just drop give them give them the baseline of the good versus the bad. Definitely. Well man, the first thing is just to address, like you said, man, it's okay to be hard nosed about it. Okay. But we gotta understand that there's a bigger picture out there. Everything is not black and white. You got some people that think cash is king, cash, everything. Um, but credit is just as important. A lot of times we don't have thirty, forty thousand $40,000 to drop on the house. So we got to borrow it because I don't know too many people that can work and save their whole year's salary and say, I'm not going to pay no bills. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to save this $50,000 a year, a year salary so that I can cash out a house next year. It just don't work like that. So you got to have a balance. Uh, good credit and good money management. Um, you're going to laugh at me, but <clears throat> I equate it to like diets. Okay. So you got people to say avoid fats at all costs. But there's a good thing, is good is a such thing as good fats, and it's a good thing, a such thing as, as bad fats. Some like are good av- for avocado you. Avocado toast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some is good for you. You got healthy fat to help you burn, burn energy, energy properly. Then you got the stuff that's just not good for you, like them fatty burgers and deep fried lard, uh, chicken strips and everything. Sliders? <laughs> I like sliders, man. So <laughs> you you got to have a balance. Uh, but when it comes to credit, the pros and cons, a couple of them, I look at it like this. Credit is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to handle it, you can do more damage than you can good with it. So having credit, uh, access to it, it does allow you to be able to access things that you wouldn't normally be able to do on an everyday basis, i.e. buy a house, buy a car, or I should say a decent house or a decent car. Because you can always grab a $1,000 house or a $1,000 car, but you're still going to have to put some work into it. Mm -hmm. Um, The the flip side of it is if you don't utilize your credit properly, you can overextend yourself, and then next thing you know, you're underwater. You can't get up, and everything that you accumulated, you can't maintain it. So you got to have that balance of good credit where you're utilizing it properly. Get access to it, but that don't mean use it all just because it's there. Okay. Um, so now if you got – all right, so you said a key point, right? So typically people get excited, right? So let's, let's just say, for instance, I, I'm out here. I got my career together, my business together. I got cash flow coming in. I got income that I can prove, and um, I get solicited an offer. I got $10,000 on the American Express uh, everyday cash card or whatever they call it. So 
when I see that $10,000, you're saying that just because you have it, don't go use it? Is, is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. So there's a financial formula that everybody should be following. And, you know, at one point, myself included, you know, it's a big thing about everybody always has the best advice, even though they might not follow it themselves. Okay. So once we get past that part and look at the actual formula, you know, when it comes to money and, co- and it comes to credit, it's a couple of things. You got that $10,000 American Express, right? Mm-hmm. It don't mean that you use it. Um, you should also be budgeting. So the first thing, when you got this nice job and you get situated, you need to set yourself an emergency fund. Okay. You know, set yourself six months aside because you never know what's going to happen. You should be able to live for at least six months so that you can job search, recalibrate yourself, position yourself. And you don't have to, you don't want to be able to, you don't want to be forced to fall back on that $10,000 credit card. Right. Because that can add up real quick, especially when you don't have the income coming in to pay it off. Mm-hmm. So after a couple of months, you done put yourself in a seven dollars to $8,000 hole. You still got two grand on it, but now when something major comes up, you're in a position. Do I, I can't get a loan for this because I'm overextended. I don't have the income because my paycheck is non-existent anymore. So you just want to be mindful about it. Like you said, when you see that $10,000 American Express, just look at it like a nice decoration or put it in that glass to say break in case of emergency. Okay. You know, don't touch it until you got yourself positioned that you can live at least six months without touching that. Okay. I like that. I like that. So when you're speaking about credit, right, I know there's, you know, you got business credit, you got credit lines, you got trade, you got all types of stuff. You can even trade on credit on margin if you're out there in the, in the asset world and accumulating stocks and things like that. But the most simple Reference that people do to credit. The most the most baseline thing that you hear everybody talk about is the credit score. So everybody loves to reference their credit score. What exactly is the credit score? Break it down. What is a credit score? A credit score is a gift and a curse. Okay. <laughs> um, pretty much what it consists of is a it's a few key factors. Um, when you look at your overall credit score, credit score, your Fair Isaac. Um, number one is going to be your payment history. Don't nobody want to lend you no money if you're not going to pay them back or pay them back on time. Okay. Uh, and that's going to be about 35% of your credit score right there. You also have the amounts that you owe. So we talked about that American Express. You got ten grand, but you're using 8000 of it. You didn't max it out. You might even be making the payments on it, but your credit score is going to take a hit just because they're – why do you have $8,000 used up on this credit card? Right. That's just the truth of the matter. Um, they kind of set you up. We're going to give you enough rope and see how long it takes you to hang yourself. Um, you also got your length of your credit history. So when you're in the process of trying to get that score together and you say, I, I got this $3,000 card, but you only had it for about a year and a half, the length of your accounts also plays a factor in it. So it's not necessarily always a good idea to go out there and start shutting everything down. You want to be strategic with it because the, the one of the biggest influences is how long have you had credit. They want to know your credit history. Mm-hmm. You know, your score, your history is a part of your score. Um, and then also your mix of credits. So you're looking at credit cards, you're looking at home loans, you're looking at personal loans, installment loans, uh, and things like that. You want to have a good mix. And then your new credit, if you have any. So roughly, you're looking at about 35% of it is your payment history. About 30% of it is how much you owe of your credit that you have. Another 15% is how long you've had those credit lines available, mm-hmm. whether it's a mortgage again, whether it's an installment loan. Um, your, your mix of credit, that's about 10%. And then new credit, if you have any, that's 10% as well. How often are you opening up new accounts? Okay, now you said something real interesting because I've heard it broken down like in those sectors before, but not the exact percentages. So you got two factors that's 60% and above. And hit them, hit them with it again so we understand. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody catch this. That's your amounts that you owe, okay. which is going to be 30%. Of your court of your credit score, and then also your payment history. Okay. So those two do go hand in hand. Are you paying on time, and how much do you owe? Okay. So that's sixty percent. So if a, so, let's just say for instance, I'm just gonna play devil devil's advocate for a second. If <clears throat> I might not necessarily want to go out and start pulling in a bunch of new credit, okay? I might actually not want to go out there and start look because I just don't need it at this point. Right. But if I 
focus in on making sure I'm timely with my payments and dropping down that history, would that, in fact, would that be a good focus for somebody to say, like, who's kind of boxed in at the moment and they need to kind of fix themselves financially? Focusing on being timely and focusing on, like, paying it down, is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, that that's actually a very precise and accurate statement. Okay. Um, if you do have credit cards out there, start paying them down or stop using them. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you got to forego uh, that night at the club where we're charging everything up. We got to forego that the new Jays. We got to forego going out to Benihana for that chicken fried rice <laughs> and just brown bag it. You know, it's going to be rough because it's not what we're used to. Mm-hmm. We we got the microwave mentality where we want it now. Um, but in this process, I mean, unless you have the cash flow where you can cash those things out and still be uh, comfortable where you can do cash or credit, but I use the credit for the rewards, and we're going to talk about that later, mm-hmm. um, Focus on doing what you can with cash and pay those debts down, and that will help increase your credit score. Okay. Now, if a person – so that takes me into my next point. So you got a person there – you know, I like to say when people have their financial epiphany, right, when they know that they got way too much month and not enough money, you know, they they making money but they have zero dollars in their bank account, they're underwater in debt, and usually most people come to about that stance and they, it's, it's almost, I kind of love it because that's when the, I can just kind of sit back and say, ah, oh, like, you <laughs> get it now, now we can go to work, right, you actually get it at this point, but Let's just say, for instance, I have a person, they're just strictly focused on, say, their credit. Like I say, credit is being marketed very heavy. Oh, I want, I'll take that back. Let's just say, for instance, they, they went into finance, they went into business administration, whatever the case might be, and they want to become something like a retail banker at a credit union. Obviously, they're going to pull your, your credit for that position, okay? So how can someone actually improve their credit, say, over the next 30, 60, 90 days, like short term? Like what's, what, what would be like the one key strategy that you give a person to kind of do to start seeing some, I hate to say this, but... Immediate results. <laughs> <laughs> and, man, it's nothing wrong with immediate results okay. if you can obtain them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's always a way out there. The, the fastest way to get immediate results uh, is two things. Pay down your credit cards. You know, that's that's worldwide. And all this information, man, you can find on the illustrious Google website. On the Googles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can Google it. It's, it's available out there. But paying your credit cards down... Just keeping your car, your credit utilization under 30% will substantially increase your score. Um, and the second thing is fix it, remove inaccuracies. And what I mean by that, one of the th- first things that I learned when I first got involved with credit repair, man, you'd be surprised, my credit report was probably about 10 pages long. Okay. Um, I started off when I was 18, man, I didn't care about credit. My stuff was messed up from the jump. Uh, one day I wanted to buy a house. And I got denied. I tried to go to uh, Micro Center because I wanted to buy a computer. Mm -hmm. And it was only about $600 worth of stuff, but I didn't have the cash on me. I only had about $400. Mm -hmm. Well, apply for this credit card. Everybody gets approved. I got denied. What? Yeah. (laughs) Then I got got offered a business opportunity to become involved in real estate. And the guy told me, man, the first thing you're going to have to do, if you ain't got good credit, you, we can't do nothing because credit is part of what we need in order to follow the path that we're going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hooked me up with a credit repair company, and I got started. And when they sat down and did that initial consultation with me, it was so much stuff on there that I didn't even, I found out I worked in Ohio. Wow. <laughs> um, I had a house in Ohio. Oh. I think my name is Arthur somewhere else in, like, Georgia wow. uh, at the time. So it's a lot of stuff. So. Your credit is being affected by factors that you don't even know about. So, you know, you run into those classic people, man, I only got three things. Mm-hmm. It's only three things on my credit report that's messing up. Nah, bro, it's a lot more that you just don't know about. Wow. So the, 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 the second way to get it uh, an immediate impact is to start removing all the inaccurate information from your credit report. Okay. Now, break down. So you said one one thing, and uh, just make sure that you know I'm clear and got the understanding, and, and the listeners do. Credit utilization. What is it? And what what's the the without going super duper technical? Give like the one sentence definition of what credit utilization is. 
use 70% less than what you have. Okay. <laughs> so super simple. Again, using your American Express as an example. If you got a $10,000 credit card, don't go over $3,000 on that balance. Okay. And you apply that concept to all of your credit cards. So if you got a $100 credit card, don't use it for no more than 30 Make that your McDonald's card. Okay. If you're going to use it at all. Um, but that's it, man. Whether you got a Fingerhut account or L.L. Bean or J.J. Brooks, any of these uh, credit cards they give you that you can't use at the stores, you can only use it at their warehouse, Yeah, it's still credit. So you might have been denied for Visa or MasterCard, but Fingerhut gave you $3,000. Make sure you're not using over 30% of that because they still report that, and that affects your score. Okay. All right. So when and, and when you're thinking about credit, okay, and um, it, it's kind of – there's different forms of credit out there, and I, and I love the way that you mentioned you got the Visa, American Express, MasterCard. You got those forms of credit. And then you also have, like, the Macy's, the Sam's Club, the Walmarts, and every other store has their credit cards. And then you got mm-hmm. the credit cards that you only can use, like you say, at different warehouses and things of that nature. So when you're talking about credit, I heard the term you got installment Debt or installment credit, and then you got revolving in credit. What explain to us what's the difference between the two, and if one is better, the pros and the cons. What's kind of your thoughts behind that? Like explain, explain what what is that? Because even I coming into the financial world, helping people out, helping them be great with their money, even I had to kind of take a step back and was like, whoa, what is the difference between the two, and how does it actually affect somebody from a day to day basis? Yeah, a lot of people look at it like, well. It's all credit, you know, um, but some of the few, some of the key differences of the two is if you look at it like this, an installment loan is going to be your mortgage. Okay. You're going to pay that 600 or $700 every month until that mortgage is paid off, right? Once the mortgage is paid off, do you get a, a renewal $100,000 again? Mm-hmm. No. That, okay. one, that debt is paid. Okay. That's your installment loan. So you're paying this... This debt back in installments, it doesn't fluctuate until maybe you get down to the last few payments or unless you get smart and throw an extra $25 or $30 on that principal every month when you pay it. That'll reduce your interest rate, so that may cause your payments to go down sooner Mm -hmm. because you'll go from paying that interest in the beginning, uh, paying it down what you owe in the beginning, so you'll pay less uh, later on down the line. When it comes to revolving credit, those are going to be your credit cards. Mm -hmm. So. Our favorite, man. You got that American Express stuck in my head. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you get that $10,000 and, and, and use you, it. <laughs> mind, mind you, my listeners, we're not paid by American Express. We're just <laughs> right. using as an example. <laughs> just an example. But um, you got that $10,000 limit, and you done ran up $8,000 on it. Okay. So you can carry that balance over to the next month. You still owe the 8000 but you make a payment. You still got 2000 that you can use mm-hmm. without having to pay the entire debt off. That $100,000 mortgage, you can't reuse that. Once it's done, it's done. Okay. But with the credit card, once you pay it off, you got the whole $10,000 to use again, or you can, pay, uh, you can pay off whatever the balance is. If you are only able to keep it down at five grand, you still got a $10,000 limit, but now you can only use five, five grand of it because that's all that's available. Right. So your revolving is going to be what's going to be renewable every month. So if you have a balance, you still got it. If you pay it off, you got more to use, but it renews every month. Okay, so in your in your opinion, you know, um, which ones? Because some people, you can go into like the financial forums and things like that. And if you kind of like a finance nerd like I am, you're part <laughs> of a lot of them. You know, you'll see some people that they'll have four, five, six, seven, eight credit cards with twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars, and they look at it and they say, "Well, I got all this credit out here." that I got access to. And then you got some individuals that say, okay, squash the credit cards. I'm able to have good credit. Now I got a bunch of properties out here and I got mortgages out here, but you know, they're using them as assets or they're living in them and they kind of doing different things with them. So does one affect your score more than the other or do, or do which one, this might be a hard question, but which one, because there's two schools of thought, which one would you consider the better route to go? Well, they 
they both kind of work hand in hand, actually. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, let's say you're applying for a, a personal loan or an installment loan or whatnot. Um, you might get a, a specific interest rate, you know, maybe 10%. We'll just use that as an example. But for a person who's never gotten an, a, an installment loan before, but you have a list of credit cards that you use, that you maintain, that credit, those credit cards, that, that revolving debt is kind of like an audition. So when the creditors look at it, that can sometimes be the difference between getting a 10% or a 4.9% on that one. Now, it doesn't always work the other way around, but they're both equally important to your credit. Okay. The most important thing is that you pay it and that you pay it on time. Okay. You know, the, uh, as far as for the installment loan, you don't get hit for having 90000 out of that $100,000 still out there. Uh, because okay. that one is is set. It's hundred grand. you paying it back every month for 30 years. Right. Versus the credit card, the more you use of your limit, the more it's going to penalize you in your score. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now when a person hears installment credit, even though we use mortgage, but give them a simple definition, installment credit will be, or installment loan or something like that is going to be you receive the full bulk of it to procure something, whether it be an education, a car, a house, mm-hmm. and things like that. You got the full amount. That's there. It shows up in your credit report. And then you got the the fluctuation of the revolving debt that can kind of impact your score along the way as well. Right. right. Okay. So as your revolving debt fluctuates, your score will fluctuate as well. But with your installment debt, the only way that's going to affect you is if you pay it later, don't pay it at all. Okay. I got you. I got you. I like that. I like that analogy. So talking about that, we touched a little bit about on the department stores and things of that nature. So companies promote mad heavy on the credit cards, right? They promote ridiculous. It's I I don't think I've been to a store (laughs) lately that they haven't asked me to get a credit card at the counter. I mean, it's it's it. You can be in Walmart and you literally got one thing in your hand, and they say, "Would you like to re- apply for a Walmart credit card?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm got like some socks. I don't even know if it's even <laughs> worth my time to do all that, you know." So with companies promoting credit cards extreme, you know, they got a lot of incentives. They got, you know, you can get uh, if you do it online, you get like free shipping. PayPal right. is notorious. They say, well, you know, if you sign up for a PayPal credit card, you can get like your, your transactions Six months free. for free. Yeah, your, yeah. your transactions freeze for free. Um, you do it with um, like a micro center or something like that. They give you immediate cash to use. Um, you do Apple. If you go get one of their credit cards, even though it's a larger asset, you know, say you're buying a $2,000 MacBook, they, they give you 24, 36 months, like totally interest free. And some of these actual incentives are huge. Right, they're, they're they're crazy big, and we know some of it is marketing. Right, I understand mm-hmm. business, but why is it so aggressive? When correct me if I'm wrong, most credit is either owned by like City, HSBC. The real big banks are the ones that really own the debt. Right, it's not the necessarily the stores. So why push the card so much anyway? Well, man, it's it's a partnership, man. If I if I bring the bodies to you. You got products to sell, but man, it they're attacking us psychologically. Okay. So these you you gotta understand when it comes to the large department stores and how they formulate these uh, these offerings, you have people that are actually profiling us um, in terms of our shopping habits, where we shop, what we buy the most. Um, you'd be surprised, man. I I'll search for a particular item on Google, right? Mm-hmm. And now every time I go on Facebook, Instagram, if I'm just surfing the web, I'm like, I'm getting these ads for these same things, same items. Mm-hmm. They're transitioning us. If I can get a credit card in your hand and tell you I'm going to give you, uh, we'll use Apple, I'm going to give you 36 months interest free. In a large portion of those cases, somebody's going to default. Mm. You might be responsible enough to pay it off in 36 months, right? but you got this $3,000 card and you use 2000 of it. Well, now I need to get an iPhone because a 10 just came out. Right. Let me slap it on there and I just pay it off in 36 months, but I'm not financially prepared to pay that off in 36 months. Right. You know, also, the more, if I put my card in your hand and you just went to buy some socks, you might only want to spend 10 bucks because that's the cash you carried on you. Mm-hmm. 
But I tell the cashiers at Meyer every time, y'all get me for about $45 every time I come in here. Right. I feel like I'm programmed to automatically spend 45 I will walk through the aisles and grab stuff and be like, I don't know why I'm putting this in here, but I bet you when I get to the register, it's going to be 45 to $50. Okay. Right on. But what it's doing is this, I'm making it available to you. Mm. So if you got this card, you don't have to worry. You can keep your 20 bucks you got in your pockets. That's when you go to McDonald's, don't swipe, give them cash. Mm-hmm. But in the department store, you want some socks, but then you got, man, I need some black socks too. Okay. Or you know what? I just bought this outfit. And these socks would be dope and match my shirt. All right. Or whatever else. Whatever they can psychologically prick you to to grab your attention with, the ease of use and the access will going to make you say, let me grab it. I'll just put it on the card and pay it off later. Mm. You know, the other big thing is with these incentives, they make some of the crazy incentives uh, such as the balance transfers, like not just Walmart or Meyer. The regular Discover cards and American Express, Visa, MasterCard, these other ones, they'll give you these huge incentives, 1%, 2% cash back. Mm-hmm. You transfer all of your shopping, and now you're paying, they're, they're getting these transaction fees and so on, getting interest because every dollar that you roll up on that balance, not many people actually pay their balance off every month. I, you know, even before I started learning how to use it, I'm a person to use credit cards too. I pay all my bills on my credit card, and I pay it off at the beginning of the month. Okay. But what happens when you have that one time where you mess up, you fall behind? Mm. You getting, and some of us are looking at 19 and 20% interest. Right. When you see that interest add up, they got you. Okay. Now, now who, talking in regards to that, so if, if people are defaulting, so you got a 36-month deal on the computer, right? I won't, you know, I'm not going to slander no companies. But let's just say, for instance, you went and got the MacBook Pro fully spec'd out, 3K, right? And you dropped it on the card. Life can change in three years. Businesses can close. Companies can close. You can be dispersed. Um, you know, you can even hurt yourself, and especially if you're out in, like, the manufacturing environments, which a lot of people are in the metro Detroit area because mm-hmm. we have a lot of automotive here. So you got three years, it changes, so between the department stores and between the creditors, who actually wins? Is it that the – well, obviously, the company moved the product, so the product is sold. They got their money. But doesn't the bank kind of lose if you're taking a gamble if most people are going to default over such a lengthy amount of time? Man, we recently just went through something like that. I think we called it the housing bubble. Mm-hmm. So – Everything has a contingency in place when you're that high up on it. Okay. You know, you have it's, – it's a win-win for some of these groups. If you pay it like you're supposed to, I got paid. Okay. But if you don't pay it like you're supposed to, I got insurance on you. Mm. So I'm going to win either way it goes. So as one of these lending and financial institutions, it's, it's, just, like a, it's just like the Vegas odds. You know, we're going to win. There's somebody betting on you to fail. And there's somebody betting on you to win. And in a lot of these instances, it's the same person. <laughs> so the bank is betting against you defaulting, <laughs> and, they're, and they're betting on that you pay them back. Because if you pay them back, now you just got an email. We just magically upped your score, an extra yeah. $5,000. And, and think about it. The MacBook is three grand, right? right. With a little 1.9% interest if you're doing it good. Right. You know, or you, you do the 36 months, no interest. I, I made the 3000 on that book, right? Mm-hmm. I got my money. Um, on the flip side, my, intri- my my insurance that I'm paying on you is going to be a drop in the bucket compared to, it's like like we do car insurance. Why do I got to pay this? And I, I haven't gotten to an accident in about 10 years. Uh, is there some wood in here? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we hit the bell. There right. you go. <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing is, they, they betting on you, man. They, they got all their spreads covered. Right. It's us that's that's taking the real risk because I'm hoping I'm going to be able, like you said, in three years. So you might get it in, in three weeks. Mm-hmm. You get dispersed from your job or can't work or uh, something happens and you got to use all your assets. You never know, man. But they, they set us up, man. They give you some stuff if you do it right. But they cover either way it goes. Okay. Now, and that's funny because I was looking. I was actually out there searching. And, um, you know, so me being the 
finance guy. I went to Investopedia, right? So one of the things that I found out is I always get asked, I say, well, James, people say, James, um, I got credit cards, but I don't really want to not use them because I get so many perks. So according to Investopedia, they say personal finance experts spend a lot of time and a lot of energy to prevent us from using credit cards and with good reason. So they say with good reason, people shouldn't be using them. But they say many of them abuse them and just honestly end up in debt, what we've been talking about. But contrary to the popular belief, if you use the plastic responsibly, you can actually be better off like paying a credit card paying it with a credit card than paying it with a debit card and keeping the cash transactions to a minimum. So it goes to a long list. It says, number one, sign-up bonuses, a.k.a. money mm-hmm. for nothing. So that's when, you like Chase Freedom is running a promotion right now that they actually say, well, if you sign up, we give you extra $150 in credit. The rewards and points. They say, you know, if you're using cashback cards, reward point cards, you can utilize them for that. They also say frequent flyer miles. Now, I'm kind of kicking myself in the tail because I do a lot of traveling, but I never actually utilize the reward miles. I'm not, I'm not a part of any of you. I've since gotten smart over the last year. I mean, I probably clocked 17, 18,000 miles last year in the air. You got a free flight coming So, Well, I opted for the upgrade. You know, I I, I said, hold on with the flight. Just, just take me to first class when it's available, you know, but they actually said one that was cool is they said safety. It said paying with the credit card makes it easy to avoid losses from fraud. When your debit card is used by a thief, the money is instantly missing from your account. Legitimate expenses, which you scheduled online, could actually, if you got your card taken away and somebody got you on a swipe, you can actually, um, you know, your bills and stuff that come Mm -hmm. out, you start not running to insufficient funds and things like that. So they said, even if you're not at fault, these later missed payments can lower your credit score and it can take it can take a while for the fraudulent transactions to be reversed, like through affidavits. But it says, by contrast, when your credit card is used fraudulently, you're not out of any money. You just notify the credit card company of any of the fraud. You don't pay the transactions. And it doesn't really take the credit card company that long to kind of resolve it. So what's kind of your thoughts on there? I thought that was a big one because I never thought about it that way. Man, I actually just experienced that not too long ago. I had a credit card of mine, and it wasn't working. And so finally I called the customer service, and they said, well, Mr. Sims, we actually deactivated your card because we saw some charges from you in Nevada. Okay. Like I, I live in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> okay. I haven't been in Nevada in about two years. Right. Um, so they ran down the list of charges. And, and just like you said, once I confirmed that that wasn't me, they destroyed the car, canceled it out. They told me, don't worry about it. I don't have to worry. This one, they had a great customer service area for the fraud department. Mm-hmm. They told me, don't worry about it. They canceled the car, sent me a new one in the mail. Um, but that's a great thing. You know, being prepared for situations like that. On the flip side, if you have, like you say, uh, an EFT set up for a bill and that money's not there, somebody catch you swiping, you got NSF fees and, and that can throw you in a hole. Mm-hmm. You know, one that you that takes you a while to get out of having to travel and fill out documents and such. So I think, it, like I said in the beginning of the conversation, we have to understand and have the balance between cash and credit. When used responsibly, there's a lot. You can take your flights for free mm-hmm. when you rack up enough miles, and then you eventually you get to rack up miles on those miles. Right, right. <laughs> so you get to a point where your credit card is paying for your travel, even though you initially started out using it. Right. But on the flip side, if you know you're not going to be responsible and pay that off, you're going to get those miles, but you're still going to pay for it because not being responsible with the cards. Right. You, you got to have the financial responsibility on both sides. One isn't better than the other one. They are supportive mm-hmm. of each other. Gotcha. Now, I love this. They they said another one, too, and it's a whole list of them. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to hit like two more, all right? Um, one was keeping vendors honest. And it said, um, and I love this example. I'm going to read it verbatim. I'm not going to uh, paraphrase it. But it says, say you hire a tile setter to set some tile in your house. They're spending the weekend cutting, measuring, grouting, placing the spacers and the tiles, and getting the whole thing set up. Then they have to charge you $4,000 for their troubles. You draw up on your savings account, write a check, and but what you do when 
72 hours later, the, the tile starts to shift, the grout hasn't set, your entryway is now a complete mess, and that vein in your forehead just will not stop throbbing. You can take up the issues with your state licensing board, but that process could take months and the contractor still has your money, so take it into the court, small claims court. That's why if you can, you should pay big ticket items like this with a credit card. The issuer has an incentive to discourage fraud amongst its vendors, and there is a problem. And, and if there is a problem, they have a mechanism to try to resolve it. More importantly, if you dispute the charge, the card issuer withhold the funds from the tile setter, and not only will you get your money back, you might even get help finding a new contractor. That was kind of like, that's deep. Because when you did it on a self-employment contractor basis, and mm -hmm. I'm not slandering anybody, there <coughs> might be some issues where individual, you know, you got to pay for time and materials up front. Right. Right? So somebody fixing your floor, they put in the sink, they're putting up your walls. You got to pay for the time and materials up front. It's just natural laws of doing business in there. But thinking about where we're at in technology and things of that nature, I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Because I've always thought the, the opposite. When you're dealing with the contractor, I try to give them their funds immediately so they can start to work immediately. So you deal with real estate. I'm pretty sure you hire some contractors. You have people do work from you. What do you typically use? I'm a cash guy when it comes to, <laughs> <laughs> to real estate. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to credit cards, I don't have a I don't have business credit cards. Uh. You know, so when I do transactions with a credit card, that's mine. So that's me balancing between what I'm doing business wise and what I'm doing from a household. Um, not the wisest, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'd be the first one to admit that. But in, in relation to these types of things, man, the first thing is just uh, you can't always help it, but you want to make sure that you got somebody you can trust. Right. Because I've heard some horror stories about people coming in to do a job and they, they're there today and then you don't hear from them for two more weeks. Right. But you look at your statement, look at the at the statements, and they've drawn off the money. They cash the check. They cash the check. They gone. Um, so you, you got to do some due diligence. You got to make sure that you're on top of it. But yeah, if I can go back to my credit card, I can't go back to the bank and say they didn't pay me. Right. And they're gonna go trace them bills and say I need a serial number. All these bills, bring them back. Right. But with a credit card, you do have that added security if they at, if they have that feature available mm -hmm. to hold up those charges. Because you tell them you didn't get what you were supposed to get, that's fraud. Yeah. You didn't do the work you were supposed to do, you, you fraud me. Come do my, come do your work or be gone. I'll get my money back and have somebody else do the work. Absolutely. And then I just hit the last couple here. Um, it says one thing they talk about the grace period. You know, obviously you got some time before the balance actually hits, which, I, which can be cool. Um, universal acceptance. Whew, that was a big one for me, especially me being out the country a lot. Um, <laughs> I went down there and I tried to use one, one of my business my business debit card that I have, and it did not work. I had to use my credit card. I mean, I was in. It was when the earthquake happened when I was stuck in the earthquake down in Mexico, and I'm trying to get a hotel room. I'm trying to get some food, and because everything is it, it's just chaos right now i i can't get the cash out the atm because literally the atm got toppled over in the freaking earthquake so now i don't have no cash now i'm stuck and i went to go use my debit card it was like declined and i was like well here use my credit card and it actually worked which was pretty cool um they talk about insurance and of course they talk about building credit so that kind of rounds us off you know kind of the, the the last portion of this podcast and this episode and i hope everybody's getting some tremendous value out of this and you guys are with us on this because this is vitally important when you start talking about credit um i mean it can be one of the determining factors for you actually getting into a relationship with the person you love i mean <laughs> one of the things that we had to do with my wife when we went to premarital counseling we had to we had to talk about our credit what you owe where you at what's kind of your financial habits what's going on with your credit because if you start trying to you marry this person and they're expecting you guys are going to get a house well i can't get approved or i can't get credit or we can't get an apartment and things of that nature start building our house we had to put that thing out there so for a person okay for a person starting off we talked about obviously you got to fix your credit you got to know what's on your your credit report you got to understand the disputes and stuff like that so how does a person obtain a credit report 
and what do they need to start looking for for those inaccuracies so they don't have a person in, uh, you know, they don't have a James Anderson in Florida <laughs> buy a vehicle. So what do they need to do to get the credit report and what do they need to do to start the process? But the easiest, most efficient way, everybody has access to their free credit report once a year. It's free. So it's free. Free. It's free credit report. Like, like you, it's like zero dollars. Like you don't even have to put a credit card in. No ads, no, no hit me up later no on. It's nothing. free. Okay. Uh, the first, uh, the first one you can mail a request to each of the bureaus and request a free copy, um, but they also have the the credit site freecreditreport.com. Okay, it's a real site. Um, I know you remember those catchy videos a few years back that they used to have. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Uh, annualcreditreport.com or freecreditreport.com. Right. Um, but you can go there, register online, and they'll give you a free credit report right there once a year. You can do it every year. When you do get it, what you want to look for are Things that aren't you. Okay. Like um, they'll have variations of your name. I know you go by J.D. Anderson sometimes, mm-hmm. but whatever you sign is, that's what should be there. So you don't want aliases right. on there. Um, also, you so know. I can't you, put my Twitter handle on there? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but if you write it down on something, they will report it. Right. <laughs> um, also, just looking for inaccuracies on your on inaccuracies on your credit report. Places you've never lived, jobs you've never had, accounts being on your on your credit report five and ten times. Mm-hmm. It happens. Uh, want just a quick example of that for me. I had a, a, a old auto loan that I had, and it was on there about seven times because each time it went to a different credit report, a credit collection agency. Um, they spelled my name one way, another one spelled it a different way. This one had two digits of the account number missing. Another one had three digits of the account missing. And another one just had some, I don't know what it was. But your name got like eight letters total. It's like Will Sims. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but that's the big thing, man. The, the, the credit reporting bureaus, man, they are in the money-making business. They don't okay. care about your credit. You are an asset. The more times I can sell your information, mm. the more valuable you are to me. Right, that's right. why you get all those pre-screened offers. How they know you got bad credit? Because they went to the market, went to them and said, we need everybody that's in this credit score because we got a credit card that we want to market to these people that's trying to rebuild their credit. Mm. Same thing for auto loans. That That's how they do it. So you want don't do the credit uh, bureaus no favors. Clean your stuff up. Mm-hmm. Remove, your, remove the aliases. Remove your addresses that you haven't lived at in, in the last two years. Right, right. You know, Get those collection accounts. Make sure that they're reporting it correctly if it should be on there. So those are just a few ways um, that you can help boost your score mm-hmm. and how to get your, your credit report uh, from the website or mail it in. Right, right. So when you look at the dispute process, right, is that something that you would advise people to start doing? Or how would you... Um, so they find the inaccuracies, okay? Mm-hmm. They know something's not right. Let's say, for instance, that somebody uh, signed up for some Warner Cable or something that's down south that I don't even have access to because I stay in Michigan, right? <laughs> right? So how do they start the dispute process? What do you do? Well, the first thing that you want to do, and again, let me just throw this out here because we hear this a lot about credit repair. Mm-hmm. Um, you got people that go out there and say, well, just write them a letter and say, that's not mine. Okay. That's not what credit repair is. Right. Credit repair, it doesn't absolve you of your debt. It just keeps the collectors and the reporters honest in how they report to your credit profile. Right, right, right. All right? So you don't want somebody who not res- who's not supposed to be putting something with your credit, damaging it, doing it anyway. But <clears throat> the, the fastest way is to send a dispute letter indicating if the information is not correct that according to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, this information should be reported completely and accurately, and it does not reflect my information. You send that letter to them, they'll investigate it, and nine times out of ten, if the information is truly inaccurate, it'll be removed. And a, a statistic that I didn't get a chance to throw out there, man, about if you look at it, and y'all can Google this, mm-hmm. about 79 to 80%, uh, maybe higher, of people have inaccuracies on their credit report. Wow. 70 and that's the U.S. population. That's not Michigan. So 79% of the population of the of America that has a credit profile has inaccuracies on there. That's 100-plus million people, man. Wow. Wow. 
that's some good knowledge, man. Uh, and of course, you, you, I mean, you dropped a lot for the people to to go back. <laughs> so go back through. It's a lot of information in this podcast and this episode talking about credit. Flip it. Go back through um, on what you guys uh, actually need to do. Let's do it again. But here's what here's what we want to do. So you obviously help people repair their credit, help them get on the right help them get on the right track to what they need to do and do the process the right way and get things going. So how can a person get with you? How, what do they need to do? I got a person I was listening to this say, hey, man, I, I want somebody to repair my credit for me or help me start getting the process. How do they get in contact with you? You can find me on Facebook. <clears throat> you know, I am under Will Sims. Uh, you can always Facebook me at The Income Shift. Okay. So Facebook, I'm, that's the little last tag under The Income Shift. That's going to take you to my page, uh, The Will Sims Method. So that's where I put a lot of my information about marketing, about different techniques, about information and resources. I put it all there. Um, you can also email me at William at Dubson.com. Okay. That's D-U-B-S-O-N dot uh, com. You can email me there. And then you can always give me a call or a text at 313-220-4406. I prefer you send me a text first just because I got a lot going on and I may not always be able to answer the phone depending on what I'm doing, but I can definitely respond to text very quickly. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, guys, that's another uh, episode in the bag there. I want to thank you, uh, Will, for coming out, hanging out with us, chopping it up, talking about credit, man. I appreciate you coming down on such a short notice and kind of just sharing all your knowledge of what you have, man. Um, It's been a great, great deal because I know credit is huge. I know so many people talk about credit now. Everybody say 2018, I'm getting my credit together. It's a new year. It's new me. It's new money. So I appreciate you coming down, hanging out with us, guys. Um, My name is James Z. Anderson. I'm one of your hosts and facilitators of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. I appreciate everybody that's listening. Shout out to everybody who's out there checking it out, man. We are Every week, the numbers are going up. And the great thing about it, I'm checking out the analytics and you guys are listening about 80 to 90% of the episodes. So that lets me know that you guys just aren't clicking on it. You're actually listening to the information. So we're going to keep bringing you value, keep bringing you as much information as you need. And of course, we always talk about business, money, capitalism, credit, finances, debt. That's what we do here on this podcast. I appreciate everybody. My name is James D. Anderson. That's at I am JD Anderson, and I will talk to you guys next time. Everybody, keep being great with your money, and let's get it done. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's James Anderson at I am JD Anderson. Hey, that was a great episode that Will Sims dropped. And guys, trust me, if you want some help in getting your credit repaired, definitely reach out to him, William at DubsonLOC.com. And what I want to do, guys, I also have something that if you got a person that want to be great with your money, if you guys want to get in-depth with it, we have something called the Smart Money Kit, and you can get all your information about that at JDA-Solutions.com forward slash credit. That's www.JDA-Solutions.com forward slash credit to get more information on the smart money kit this episode of the be great with your money podcast was brought to you by jda solutions where strategy is how you win financially visit jda-solutions.com and click learn more for more information